Looking back to last week, what do you get when you have a take under of a major European bank, Credit Suisse, jitters at Europe's largest bank, Deutsche Bank, selling pressure on all the U.S. banks, a quarter point rake hike and not such a dovish fad, and who knows what Yellen's saying. You know what you get? You get a 1.3% rally in the S&Ps. Go figure. Banks, no banks bankrupt today. That's good. Got Tim Quas coming on at 8.35. We're going to help him shake out the cobwebs from a long weekend. We're fired up. Michigan's in the frozen four. This is pre-market prep. Let's get it going. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been the penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right. Good morning, traders and investors. Let's get things started out on this Monday morning. We are moving in the right direction. S&P, strong close yesterday. Triple D couldn't tell me what happened between four and five yet on Friday. Maybe one of you guys can. Uh, we're up 28 and a quarter handles at 40.29.50. Buck down a nickel at 102.71. Bonds down a stick at 131.12. Crude back over 70, up 98 cents at 70.24. Gold getting hit down 28.70 at 19.55. Silver still in the 23 handle. That's uh, down 15 cents at 23.19. And Bitcoin basically flat here, hanging out at the 20K level. Triple D, I got so many things that I want to tell you guys about. I, it's going to be one of those shows where, like, you hardly say a word. Go. You going to talk basketball off the hop? Uh, I I could. I don't want to spend a lot of time on basketball, even though San Diego State uh, is yeah, coached by that was, for, that was cheat. That was cheat. Former Michigan assistant Brian Dutcher, uh, who, to, who was a 27-year assistant to Steve Fisher who led Michigan in national championship in 89 after Bo fired Bill Frieder. We won't talk about that too long. Gotta love FAU being in there. And I have UConn in my sweet 16 pool. So that's all good. I still Michigan. say I got robbed. Creighton oh, got robbed. That was yeah, not they, a foul. That was not a foul at the end of the game. He had a hand That was not a foul at the end of the game. He jumped into the hand and made the contact on the hip. Uh, that was not a foul, Joel. We know that one, but it's okay. Um, we'll let it go. We'll let it go. Yeah, it, it was controversial. I, 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 I hear. No, that. really, I think was the the wrong move was you don't foul within seven seconds left because that gave them the whole game. They still could have got two seconds to get the shot off of. That that was the error there. But let's get to the. Wait, no, 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 Michigan. Wait, let me finish. Michigan's got, in the. Oh, yeah. Michi- Michigan's in the frozen four in hockey, Dennis. The frozen four in hockey. Michigan yeah. program is awesome. Like, yes. So yes. you have great. And again, U.S. hockey has come so far. And I mean, it is awesome now. There's no doubt about it. It's right up there, almost on par with Canada. I'm not going to give you it to Canada, but you're almost there. So Almost there? Almost hey, there. That's almost not too there. bad. <laughs> and then the final thing, because people are getting impatient. Okay. Um, <laughs> stock pitch competition mm. on Friday. Dennis, these kids are so smart. I mean. What'd you pitch? I didn't pitch. It oh. was it was the U of M Maize and Blue stock pitch competition. So they okay? were pitching. Yeah. And I tweeted about it. And okay, six students pitched stocks. Five of them were bullish. One was bearish. Who do you think won? Bear. Come the bear on, won. Man. The, the bear bears. Won. The bears. Man. The bear won. And you know what stock he did? <laughs> WD forty. WD forty. Yeah, going long. WD forty. No, he short, 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 short. WD forty doesn't move much though. Yeah, WDFC yeah. for you guys out there. He yeah. said their biggest innovation in the last fifty years is changing the straw. <laughs> <laughs> Not I gotta give it to him technology. just for that. I gotta give it to him just for that. Not disruptive <laughs> technology. 
Exactly. And that um, also making the move over to EVs and and everything, that there's going to be less demand. And also the shelf life on there. I mean, I got a can of it in uh, in the garage. It's been there, I think, since I moved in. Yeah, the, the outside of the can might break before the inside stuff exactly. goes bad. So <laughs> Exactly. Okay. Rain me in here, Dennis. What, what are you seeing? Oh, I'm just seeing a rally here. Broad-based. Again, we're seeing this negative correlation with tech, though, and we're seeing some tech stocks actually trade in the red. You know, the, the higher vol ones, the ARKK, not so much, but Microsoft trying to hold green. Apple is actually in the red here. Um, so you see a few little weakness. You obviously have some ratings changes here this morning. We're seeing cat trading down because it's got a rating change. There's a few rating changes, but Mm -hmm. all in all here, it's an overall, we got a pretty good broad-based rally. Yeah. And let's get into the banking situation here. That's the catalyst. Let's talk about the catalyst this morning is, uh, we got some assets being bought here. Yep. First Citizen Banks purchased around $72 billion of Silicon Valley Bank's asset at a discount of $16.5 billion. Not a bad discount there. A further $90 billion in securities and other assets will remain in the receivership of for deposit by the FDIC. And this was reported by CNBC. Um, now we got to kind of look to see how this really shores up. And it looks like Bloomberg is reporting also that U.S. authorities are considering expanding an emergency lending program for banks. So extending them or expanding them, giving them more access to liquidity. Could this shore up the liquidity issues out there? Um, no, but at least it gives <laughs> a vote of confidence that, you know, the private sector is potentially got some cash to try to help out. So that is the vote of confidence. You're seeing FRC here this morning. Like the biggest fear, at least for shareholders of these stocks, is that the government's going to have to come in and basically take over all these banks because nobody in the private sector wants them. So at least when you get assets getting bought, at least you know there is trying to be a somewhat private sector solution, not a perfect solution. Obviously, a perfect solution is they just come in and buy the whole company. So that's giving you hope here this morning. So that's why we're seeing First Republic up 22% here this morning. PacWest is trading up 8%. We're seeing some pretty good moves in the regionals here. So it's on hope. Again, so far from being out of the woods here, I still think, I look at this overall market and I still think like, wow, what a gift, man. I just take it back to the S&P here, Joel, because it has been so resilient. And maybe this is the bulls, you know, saying, hey, we can go through a whole banking crisis and the market doesn't go down. Well, what's going to take us down then? The problem is the predictive news flow still tells me that we probably have more bank failures ahead. And this market, that price is in nothing. And again, you know, everybody will tell you if you read textbooks, the market looks six months out. Those people write textbooks because they don't trade because they make bad calls. The market does not price six months out. And this market doesn't price six minutes out. We know with that with COVID. Remember the whole COVID thing? We talked about this show relentlessly back in January of 2020 before the whole thing started. And we're like, it's coming. It's coming. And me and Joel were early, but it's coming. The market didn't look ahead at all. It's like the pandemic was spreading all over the place in China. You know, it's starting to spread. And they're like, no, no, we'll be fine. U.S. will be fine. And eventually the market's collapsed. So I think we're kind of in the same boat here. I think we're going to have more bank failures coming. And that's why it's hard to be long stock. So I'm still selling into strength. I'm still sitting with the most cash since I did, uh, since I have had since January 2020, when we were predicting the COVID crisis. I am predicting more bank failures. And if the bank failures happen, the market will go down because it doesn't price in anything. Now, and for- I, I'm looking on the downside here, and I'm just like, they, I mean, Friday was the perfect scenario to bust this market. They, they had, they had, you know, yeah. uh, it, it should have, they should have. It, it, it felt like it. You were shaking the old take out the pre market low by a two ticks trick, and then they turned around and rallied. And I just, I was just astounded by the price action. Now we're right back up near Thursday's high, and yep. uh, I'm gonna go back. I, I got an intermediate level here. It's not really a, a high or a low. But it's the highest close uh, from last week, and that's forty thirty five seventy five. And you know that's discounting the uh, crazy, uh, you know, uh, Powell price action. But if I thought if if the bears were ever to assert control over the market, I mean that the setup was on Friday, and sure. and they did it. But that doesn't mean that it can't come today or tomorrow or or later in the week. 
but I was really, I was really surprised. And then I was, when I was at the event, you know, I had, I'm watching the spoos and I'm like finishing off, I'm packing up and then like, oh, I'm like, oh, this could be a just decent close, but they're not going to get it over, uh, over 4,000. And then I didn't look at my quotes and I turned my car, come down Saturday morning. And we're like, we're 20 handles higher. What the heck happened between four and five? On you know Friday? what didn't happen? We didn't get more bank failures. This market will continue it? to find the silver lining because right now it is saying, and banking here, I'll say it's banking. There's a pun for you. This market is banking on that there's going to be no more bank failures. I think the market is wrong. Yeah. I think there will be more bank failures. And I think if that happens, the market goes down substantially. So that is why I continue to have a lot of cash. Trading market neutral, because you can't argue with the technicals here. Not full on rah-rah, bear buy puts, the end of the world is coming. Again, that is also because the Fed has the recipe to fix us. It just have, would have to cut rates. So I don't think we're going into financial crisis part two. But I still think there's more pain ahead. And if the market was trading, if we had the S&P trading 13 times earnings here right now, I'd be like, all right, yeah, I've got to buy some stocks here because we'll get past this. The market, to Cameron Doss's point, who's been correct for the last year making this point, is the market is not cheap. We're trading 19, 20 times earnings, forward earnings, which were elevated in the first place because they're all from COVID. We're still fighting inflation. We still have geopolitical risk, and we have potential bank failures. It's just not the, the unquantifiable risk here is incredible. And that's why I stick with a lot of cash. And you know what? People are saying, oh, you're going to miss the boat. Well, I'm getting paid 5.2% right now. I tied up a good chunk of my portfolio um, at 5.2%. So I'm getting paid 5.2% to wait. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the market's going to blast off without me. But if the market blasts off 10%, I only lose 4.8%, remember. I'm not losing the full 10 now because I am still getting paid. If the market goes down 10 or even 20, which I think it could, then I'm going to pick up another 5. So I'm picking up 25 on the people. So I just don't think we have the recipe to go to new all-time highs. And if you're buying stocks, especially some of these tech stocks in here, I mean, they're approaching all-time highs. Microsoft, it's unbelievable resilience. To Joel's point, unbelievable resilience. But they're not cheap enough for me to just come in here and say, yeah, this is a great investing environment. We're going back to all-time highs. And what if if we just chop and go around and go nowhere and and, and stay in the trading range, which the market is more – more prone to do than have, you know, crazy ups and crazy downs. And Jed, uh, you mentioned Cameron Dawson there. Uh, remember how we did that, um, the uh, Q4, you know, or the 2023 preview um, in December? Well, uh, a week from today on premarketprep.com, we're bringing back those same people. We're bringing back Todd Gordon, Cameron Dawson, Gene Munster, uh, my man, Blue, we're going to do a special uh, two-hour uh, Q, uh, Q1 review and Q2 preview. Uh, also, uh, Craig Johnson is going to be joining us. So you guys uh, you guys set your calendar for that. We'll see what Cameron has to say about, about the price action. I read her note over the weekend, and she's still kind of digging in here on the bear side. So we'll see why, if any of Why, though, are. again, the technicals are good. Yeah, And you can just good. put on your blinders. Like this, I only look at technicals. I only look at charts. I will be okay because the technicals tell me all. That didn't work in January 2020 when the market was sitting at all-time highs. You know what worked was common sense. You know what worked was reading the tea leaves. You know what worked was being short when the market was at all-time highs because eventually COVID was coming. I think there's more bank failures coming. This is not a slam dunk like COVID. It's not like I'm all in buying puts. I haven't bought any puts. I was loaded up with puts. You know that, Joel. You did it too. We were scared. We were early, but we were scared. And I tend to be early, but a lot of times I end up being right. So I think I'm early here too. Maybe we go for the next month. Maybe we do continue to climb the wall of worry. But if we start to get more bank failures, don't kid yourself. The market will go down. So it all depends. So you've got to ask yourself, there's a binary answer here. Bank failures, yes. Bank failures, no. If you are in the bank failures no camp, you're buying stocks right now. I believe that's the that hard we part. are in the bank failures yes camp, and that is why I'm not buying stocks. That's the only thing that is going to drive the price action for the next couple of months. Is there more bank failures or isn't there more bank failures? Mm-hmm. I look at FRC going from $120 to 12 bucks, and everybody's saying, we're out of the woods. It's up to 15 120 to 12 to 15 is not out of the woods. I'm sorry. 
So I think and, I've just got to stay. Mitch, I'll let you talk. Sorry. Yeah. I've just got to stay in the cautious camp. Again, trading market neutral. My trading account is market neutral. So I'm not full on. I was bearish and I was trading from the short side in 2020. You know, and that was March 2020 was my best month in 10 years. Why? Because we predicted the whole COVID crisis. Now, again, not saying we're predicting that we don't know anything for certain here. This is not as easy to call as the COVID crisis coming. Maybe there won't be any bank failures. I personally think they are, but I'm not going as far to buy puts and short stocks because I don't know for sure. But I'm definitely investing cautiously and getting paid while I invest cautiously. 5.2%. And of course, if we look at the... the and of course, if we look at the Fed fund futures, right, I think this is part of that trade that uh, a lot of people are looking at as now July is cutting a price cut as a pivot right here in July. And I think that that's where you got to start thinking, right, Dennis? And I think that that's why you're seeing these tech stocks also run, right, is that you have, like you said, a very binary trade now. Either yes. you're thinking that the bank situation is going to shore up and tech stocks are going to continue to rip higher. Or we can run into some bank worries and then they get ripped to the downside. And I, I think that this is very hard because I, I agree on both sides why you could be looking at the trade, right? I, Technically wise, it makes sense. But then I, I think it's okay to just be neutral here. I think it's okay if you want to be bullish. I want to argue with you. You know, you're just, it's about bank failures and not bank failures. If we don't get any more bank failures, the market is going to go up from here. Yes. Yeah, I also have a little pivot. wild card. There's two other things. Inflation has still not gone away. I know Siegel was just on CNBC saying we have beaten inflation. Sorry, Jeremy. I completely disagree that we have beaten inflation. I completely disagree with that. I don't think that is the case whatsoever. And if we start to have to cut rates, inflation is going to come back hard. Geopolitical risk is the other uncertainty, but me and Mitch have been talking about that for six months. It hasn't really materialized. Yeah. <laughs> so it's on the backs. It's at the backs. Back seat right now. Bank failures on the front seat. Also, so we need to get past that. We start showing me if these banks are stabilizing, looking like you know we're not going to get any more failures. Then maybe you buy stocks. But if they were cheap, again, if S and P was fourteen times earnings right now, I think I'd buy some stocks. They're just not cheap either. So if all this risk and the stocks aren't cheap and I and, and I have alternatives. Again, people say, where do you get 5.2? It was a couple months ago I tied up. But you can still get 4.8, 4.9. There are places to be in risk-free money. The Bitcoiners will say it's not risk-free because we're all going to fail and all your cash is worth zero. Well, I mean, they've got an argument here because the banks are failing right now. So maybe it's not risk-free. But I like to go under the insurance and let the government, you know, and I spread it out so that I'm not over the insurance on any single bank. I spread it out amongst institutions and amongst you know in investment products to know your insurance. Read the fine print on your insurance on your guaranteed investment certificates if you're in Ontario. I think it's 100000 I know in the U.S. it's different, but um, I think it's a quarter million in some places. You know, know your FDIC insurance. but and, 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 and there is a time to do that, which is right now because we are having bank failures. But I still think that the, the U.S. government isn't going to fail. And uh, I don't know if you guys caught comments from Minneapolis Fed President Neil Kashkari as he was asked during a interview from CBS Face the Nation. He stated that, of course, um, he was asked about, are we closer to recession? He replied that it definitely brings us closer right now. So do you guys feel that we are going towards a recession here? Because, of course, that is something else to start thinking about, right? I, 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 you know me. So I don't even have to say anything. All I do, and again, the way I approach the markets is I kind of get the overall macro picture. And yes, it does bias me, but not so much in my trading. Again, my trading I try to keep, but it definitely, I bias my investment portfolio. Sometimes it does well, sometimes it underperforms, sometimes it does better. It all depends on, you know, if I'm making those calls right. And that's what I'm trying to do for the listeners here is I'm trying to make overall market calls. I mean, I think that's why people come to the show. They want to get our overall market opinion, whether it's going to be right or wrong. You know, it remains to be determined, but I just see so much macro risk. Why do I want to go all in on this market? doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, someone asked me the question, uh, you know, am I still sticking with my, uh, you know, um, call that the high is in for the year? And mm. right, you know, right right now I am. I, but, what a um, fabulous call, too. Like, let's go and just give you some props here, Joel. It was almost the very top. You actually made that call, and I tweeted it out. 
we were sitting a 415 spot and you said i think the high for the year is in here we are two months later and we're down significantly from there it's so far so good it's been a fabulous college bowl. right okay so there's two things that and someone just asked me if i'm banking you know um you know you know, I don't want to get let it get too close and then say, you know, oh, yeah, I changed my mind because that would look bad. But there, there's two factors that are going on that the reason I'm not budging right now. Number one is April 12th. You're going to get your next CPI rating for March. OK. And to me, the way Powell was acting and the way he was, it's like th- that's got to be a good number. I don't I don't know if it's going to be, but if that's a good number then that, that change, you know, being lower, then that changes the complexion of things, okay? More importantly than that, April 14th starts earnings season with J.P. Morgan, and I am not super optimistic about Q1 earnings season. So there's still two, you know, and we're also trading, you know, at a high valuation. So I, you know, I the neutral camp is a neutral camp and calling the high for the year, but I just, with those factors looming, I just can't, you know, you know, rah, rah, say, yep, okay, yeah, we're going 4,200, 4,300, 4,400 because this earnings season, man, I mean, the, the market gives so many passes. Are they are they going to do it again? I, I don't, I mean, how are the bank earnings going to look? I mean, come on. And we'll get, uh, we'll get JP Morgan on April 14th. And just to kind of iterate that you guys have been, we've been sideways. Uh, I think an important outlook also is just the the monthly outlook of the the chart, the S and P five hundred, right? I mean, if you look at it since November, essentially we're sideways range. Uh-huh. We are, and we were calling for that before the banking crisis started. I was calling for sideways. That's why I was writing covered calls and I was doing stuff. And then the banking crisis started, and I was like, wow, you know, we're not we haven't gone down since the banking crisis started. There's just too much more risk. So I'm like, why am I going to see a right covered calls? It, it, the, the, the information has changed. You know, mm-hmm. I had covered calls written on Ford. I had covered calls written on a bunch of stocks. I told you I was doing that two months ago or a month and a half ago. I turned around, covered the calls and all that stuff and sold those stocks for the simple reason that the information has changed. As information changes, I'm going to adjust my portfolio. The new information was bank failures. I'm like, oh. I don't know how to price this, so I don't want to sit here writing insurance to the market. What if we do get some failures? What if credit does get tighter? I'm going to sit here and pick up 4 or 5% for the next three months and a couple stocks, watch them fall 20. I don't like that recipe, and not necessarily that they had to do that. But you've got to adjust for when information changes, and information has changed there. So I don't think you, I'm sitting here and writing covered calls right now because the risk is just too high. All right, let's go to some smaller names. We can get out a little bit out of the bank talk. Let's go to Bio and Tech. They had earnings today, EPS at a $9.26. These are euros down from 12.18 a share year over year. Sales at 4.28 billion down from 5.53 billion a year over year. And BNTX. Probably not one that I want, you know, um, I've been thinking about dipping my toes in some of these healthcare names, but definitely I've been seeing that BNTX and it just doesn't look good. Uh, again, we hate this stock. Sorry, yeah. BNTX shareholders. Um, I believe that there's going to be less people. I've given this rant, you know, over the course of the last year, I believe less there's going to be less people getting the COVID vaccine going forward. So there's no reason for me to own BNTX. I said I would actually like to do a Moderna. I was talking about a Moderna long BNTX short. The stock was 140. It's 123 now. Moderna was around 150. So I'd actually 160, I think. So I'd be down slightly Moderna, but I'd be up more in the BNTX. That was working if I had that pair trade on. The reason long Moderna short BNTX is Moderna's got other stuff cooking. BNTX still the one trick pony here. People are getting less COVID vaccines. These earnings are going down. I mean, you know, I've got, you know, COVID is everywhere around us. Last week, Laura's uncle, Laura's aunt, Laura's cousin, Laura's brother, this is my wife, all all came down with COVID. They're all sitting at home with the sniffles. So, I mean, again, COVID can be a bad outcome for certain people. So don't, you know, say it's not. But we know the COVID virus that we're fighting now is not nearly as bad as the original one. So I think people have adjusted. They've got some immunities to it. I think it has weakened itself so that for the most people, it's not much worse than the flu now. So I just think there's going to be less people getting. And you can be opinion. You can say, oh, yeah, no, COVID's going to kill us all. When, two years ago, we didn't know. We kind of see now that it's probably not going to kill us all. 
and those people who are getting vaxxed and those people who aren't getting vaxxed, it's not significantly different outcomes at this point in time. So I just think there's going to be less people getting the vax. I got all the vaxes. I'm not getting anymore. I already said that. And so. you know what? It's 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 kind of like we you know what we try and do on the show here is like you know identify like the catalyst and, and things that are going on and moving the markets and mm-hmm. you the know story. what BNTX had you know it, it had its heyday. I mean, it had yeah. its move. You know, and look yeah. at 2021. You know, and you know there were times to participate in that, but in the middle of 2022, it changed. And ever since then, yeah, you might have had intermediate uh, bouts of. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking at the daily. I mean, it's just the the story's over. I don't. I don't want to say is. over, over, over. But yeah. I'm just saying, you know, there there's trends and there's things. And right now, and and that, and I don't, and I know I'm not going to get a lot of fans by saying this, but what about the people on the oil trade now? I mean, come on. I mean, it had that run that it did from COVID and to, to 2022. Also, I'm looking on the bottom uh, right chart. I'm seeing one green candle since what? Um, I see one green candle since it made the high in June of 22. Does that make you want to run out and buy oil? Does that make you want to run out and buy, buy oil stocks? Look at BNTX here. Oh, that makes no, me look keep at that. short. Yeah. I mean, it's just like. But ask trade. yourself why. I mean, why are commodities coming in? Why is oil coming down? In all likelihood, That's it's recession. predicting. Yes. A recession. It's, it, it's yeah. thinking, uh, you know, we're going into recession. So maybe in this case, and I yeah. say the market doesn't look ahead, but maybe in the commodities, it is right. You yeah, know, maybe the commodities, it is looking ahead. Commodities are always right. Well, There's bonds been. are smarter than stocks. We know that. And the commodity traders probably are smarter as well. So they see, you know, the demand. I think mm-hmm. the demand is going to start to go down. So from where it was, we're not a peak demand anymore. And if we do go into a recession, and the other thing to consider is that a lot of oil companies, which we've talked about, just move away from USO for a second, just move into the individual stocks, which have not done well at all. I have some Oxy. Um, I'm actually at the same spot with it. It's held up unbelievably considering yeah, where the XLE has gone yep. in the same time frame. But that's should've, Warren should've Buffett. Should have kept fighting more, man. <laughs> and it's working. I mean, so right now, OXY is the same place it was a month ago because of Warren Buffett, February. And if you look back to February, XLE is down, which is taking the lows, 83 to 77. So we're down about 7% in the XLE. In the same time frame, OXY is zero. So again, I keep putting on that on every single night. I'm, I'm, short, I'm short XLE against long OXY. And it's continuing to work. I did it again. Um, again, some not, some days it doesn't work every day, but you know, overall, some days it's been working fairly well. That there's just tracking and it's holding up better. But that's a pair trade, and that's something else to talk about. The overall trend that you're identifying in oil here, Joel, is down. I think the overall trends in commodities is down. And yes, this is maybe to Siegel's point is we're beating inflation because commodity prices are coming down. Services are not, though. And you got to remember one thing about the U.S. Is the service economy is so huge in the U.S. Yeah. and the world here now. I mean, services are just such a bigger piece of the economy than they were 25 years ago. So if service inflation is still sticky, which it is because of wages, wages don't like to go down. They like to continue to go up. They still haven't beaten inflation. But I think the oil prices and the commodity prices coming down are telling you something more sinister here that's happening here. All right. I did want to point something out that at least uh, I know this is off of the oil topic, but those healthcare names did really start getting moving um, as uh, on Friday. I just want to point out, of course, this is definitely running with that SNY move. Um, Sanofi with their uh, kind of drug and you've seen Regenron really start taking off. So I keep an eye on certain names, Regenron, SNY. I started seeing also other drug manufacturers, the major ones starting to get going. AZN has been starting to move as of late. I'm keeping an eye on like uh, Avvi. That made a nice little move above the resistance around the 156 area. So I'm just calling these out because these have been really hit hard at the beginning part of the year. And I'm starting to see them catch a little bit of strength. So I'm keeping an eye on names like that. And another one that I'd mention is like VRTX. Look at that move in the last two days. That's a pretty strong move there for yeah. biotech. Defense. So just, just want to put this out there, right? The, the similar style trade, just keep an eye on it to see if there's some more rotation that follows through today. Mitch, it's it's such a good point you're making here. And what you're seeing is this market playing defense here too. This market mm-hmm. is starting to move defensive. And again, with interest rates coming down, long-term rates have come down. 
you start to see these things show a little bit more life and people are like, Oh, I missed the five, you know, while well, now they are looking at, at other opportunities to pick up yield. Johnson and Johnson's a sleepy one here. I actually mm-hmm. think J and J could, um, it's been hit so hard. Look at that. Where's the PE on J and J? Has it got down? It was always traded with a premium. This is, a, this is a company here that I actually, um, kind of like it. Where is it? 22. Still? Oh, Wow. I, I know it was twenty. Mine might not, mine might, might not be as updated as some. Like, oh, yeah, I think you could be right, Mitch, because it was trade twenty six, twenty seven. I was like, I can't bring myself. I'd love it down more. I'd love it under twenty. Get J and J down to a market multiple, and I'm interested for sure. So, just in my opinion, I've got Ford P on J and J of fifteen. I don't know if that's correct. Uh, twenty two is the current. Um, <clears throat> I got to do a little bit more research here, but J and J. Is down 30 bucks. J and J is where it was three years ago. You have the talcum powder stuff here. Maybe that's a wild card. It would suck for them to get sued. And then all of a sudden, or they're, you know, it would suck if they had to actually pay out some significant money for them for that. So that's mm-hmm. still a wild card here. But as J and J comes in, 140s, 150s, I mean, at a certain point in time to buy. Look at this uh this triple M, Dennis. I know this is like a wild tangent, but Man, that thing hasn't got a, a bid yeah. at all. Stay away. No. I don't know how you hold that. And that's that. it's what scares me a little bit on J&J with these lawsuits. And Triple M has been weighed by these lawsuits. It's 5.88% dividend here now. We know the lawsuits are the whole reason the stock's been cut down from $260 in 2018 to 100 bucks. They need to get past this. They need to get past all that stuff. Some people are saying they are getting past it, but I think it's still unknown unquantifiable risk there from all these lawsuits so that's a wild card here that's what weighs on 3m if it gets past it if we can get like clarity on what that cost is going to be maybe 3m's a buy all right let's keep going but but again i don't have clarity there so i'm staying away for now Let's go to Bard's downgrade on Caterpillar to underperform and lowering the price target to 185. We started seeing a little bit of the crack on like XLI and the industrials. Is this going to follow through or will we catch a bid in these industrial stocks? Farming, heavy, and construction machinery here with Cat. Is it cat out the hat? I've been bearish the stock since 240. It ran to 260, and I was like, I don't get it. I don't get it. Everybody was telling me that, you know, oh, no, it's – I forget what they were saying. Remember? Uh, It was a good run. It was a good run. Oh, yeah, and I was wrong for a while. Again, early. Again, early on that one. I kept trying to be bearish the stock. Again, early. Um, Now it's starting to work, that trade. Deer as well. I've hated deer since 440. Um, I almost got the top on on the show talking about that one. It's 386 here now. I get that the low P's are there, but I just think if we're going into tougher times, big machinery, yeah, for me, are going to be less. I, I'll just make quick. I mean, I, it's hard. I'm not going to do any levels on this because it's just. I look at that that run. I mean, where am I going to call support here? Is it going to fill the gap at 200? You know, it's going to zig. It's going to zag. I mean, uh, but uh, I agree. Just uh, too hard for me to call support. Uh, but I know we got Tim coming up in one second, but yeah. I just I just want to show something here, and yeah, we us. talk about it all the time right about the s p and the components well um our good buddy uh where, where did i put it here our good buddy here i'm gonna put it right here good buddy uh todd gordon uh who we battled on the bank of america he did this uh, uh over the weekend dennis the top 10 s p companies from 1986 well that's fun look at that Roll that up yeah <laughs> Look this at- is a, this is this is a big thing against buy and hold here. <laughs> <laughs> at least the index indexes take out the trash and they bring in the good world companies. used to be so, run by oil. Let's oh just my be honest. gosh! Look at these top companies. IBM was number one from 1986. And you guys still want to buy Intel, <laughs> and you guys still want to buy Intel. Hmm. And GE well, and everybody will tell you. I'd like to see the GE chart if you can bring that up long term. GE's coming look, back. Look how great I know you guys hate GE, been. but but man. yeah, but we could say recently recency recency bias here is GE has been really good in the last six months. Okay, yeah, GE has been, awesome been the stock. absolute dog of all <laughs> dogs in the last decade or, or twenty years. Look at okay, like GE is. since Welch is gone. I mean, okay. GE is down so much over the last twenty years. Yeah, think about where the market has went. 
Joel's going to grab GE chart if he can, yep, or at least yep, go far I am. back. I got it. I got it. I got it. I just had to switch uh, off the screen. And then again, the reverse split, you know, will mess you up because this stock was, this stock is significantly off the highs. He's bringing it up. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think. So you think is like, oh, what a great stock this has been. This has been an absolute dog. It's had a good six months, but this has been an absolute absolute dog compared to like honeywell and other stocks that are perspective though from when i've been trading it? it's yeah, kind of break I don't even see, i don't yeah, see the chart I, I can oh, it up right here. No, there yeah, it is it. yeah there it is look at that yeah well that and that's not even it's even worse than that joel if you go farther back so it's 240 dollars back i can go back here if but if you go, go farther, farther yeah. back i think yeah, to I 2000 you. i think oh baby it's even let's worse. go back to the 300 look at this 363 dollars back in 2000 <laughs> here you are 23 years later losing 75 percent of your money that <laughs> oh that's a good line whoa, whoa, whoa i'm going long if it busts above there man for sure <laughs> <laughs> i'll tell you what though um at least from my perspective right since like kind of 2018 since i started really kind of getting dirty into trading i mean it's kind of break even for you guys, it's kind of like a, I won't even go near this stock. But, but even me, break even sucks from where you were. I you mean, know. relative, relative. I mean, that's <laughs> not that's not the worst stock. Like the way that you guys view it, you guys. I know a lot of traders out there that won't even they won't even look at GE. I trade it all the time. I'll trade it, but it isn't going <laughs> to my long term portfolio. I'll tell you. Yeah, that. you see that that that's the kind of conversation I get with a lot of long term traders. They're like, no, 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 I'm not even touching. I trade it, but we're not we're not buying investing in cheap. <laughs> I, I wonder what Tim has to say about that, but we'll find out. Of course, you guys know what time it is. Smash the like button. It's everybody's favorite Monday time market structure Mondays. Let's get to it here, Tim Quas. What's going on, Tim? How we doing? Let me just ask, what if God was one of us? Uh, that's, a that's a great song. It's a great song. It's a non-contextual. You know it. You know it. Uh, my holy non- <laughs> well, maybe. I mean, there are a lot of folks probably who listen to this program who have no idea what I just blurted out. But uh, uh, as I told Joel, we, we saw Joan Osborne here in Steamboat last night with some friends. And so, so uh, yeah, that takes you back to the eighties, doesn't it? <laughs> I yeah. think. Speaking of GE, eighties were awesome though, the, Tim. Right, I exactly. could relive the eighties. <laughs> Couldn't you relive the eighties? The eighties were fun. Joel would relive the eighties for sure. <laughs> back when everything was awesome, the eighties. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. The, the I love the the, 80s. the lovely elevator music. You know, we, we rock back then. <laughs> Good to see you. Happy Monday, guys. Happy Tim, market talk to us. Happy Monday. Let's let's. You didn't have the internet market. back then, Tim. Got to get rid of the internet or social media. Yeah. So uh, the world was a better which, place without social media, though, wasn't it? It it was. I I, I was so. in I was in uh, Sri Lanka, off the coast of India, in college in 1989, and I communicated with airmail. You know, you we would pack. We it's like tissue paper. And we would we would set up our dot matrix printers to pack text in those things and send letters to our friends and family, uh, and that was social media in 1989, and it was awesome. Well, yeah. well Tim, you know what they say, right? <laughs> Do you remember? Great song. The good times, go. baby. It All just right. puts you in a good mood, right? There hey, you go. I, I always does. try to turn things around. I mean, it's now, it's not, I don't even understand the music nowadays. <laughs> like, I put it on, and Laura's like, oh, I listen to this new song. I don't even understand it. Right. No 80s one... and 90s, and 70s, 80s, and 90s. Those are the best. That's the best eras. For oh, music. boy. 70s, there 80s. going off the rails here. Okay. All right. Well, I'll tell you what, there's a lot of negative <laughs> out there. So uh, maybe you guys remember a little bit more of the bullish tune out there. But let's talk about, of course, the economy, the banks here, real estate. What stocks are rising? Market structure edge. Help us out. Well, there's a lot of negativity, right? Which is a good reason to go back to the 80s and play, yeah. you know, play, yeah. right? Let's celebrate good party times. Going. Uh, but uh, <laughs> right, if you if you if you uh, read Mike Wilson's note from um, not that I, you know not that you have to do this at all. Uh, Morgan Stanley's uh, chief equity strategist, I think he is. Yeah, uh, he's one of many who uh, you know who, who see pretty vicious uh, conditions here. 
he said he sees a vicious end to the bear market. So you know, I guess you could take that as, as uh, good and bad. I don't know. You know, I can certainly tell you my, give you my, I, I think I have a good handle on the basics of economics because they underpin edge, supply and demand. They have a good handle on monetary policy. Uh, but that's not necessarily how to think about it if you're a trader. You know, it's a, if you're a trader, what I think you have to focus on is where the money is going. And if you looked at how the, you know, the market's been okay. I mean, the market, the broad measures were up, what, about a percent last week? Uh, yep, 1.3. <clears throat> right? Bank crisis. Yeah, we ain't going down. All right. So Bank crisis is on pause right now. So why does that occur? That's your central question, uh, yeah. Mitch. And so... Yeah. Look, I can only tell you what, what we see in the math, and exactly. the reason prices rise is because there's been diverging supply and demand, uh, and I can explain why that occurs. And uh, certainly, as we come to the end of the quarter, the big thing this week will be the end of the first quarter. Uh, what is that? It's Friday, right? Friday will be the last trading day of the quarter, the last trading day of the month, and we can talk about that in a moment. Uh, but this is what – so I have GE up, by the way. So to me, if you're going to trade GE, trades mm -hmm. diverging supply and demand. If demand rises and supply does not keep pace, there's an opportunity. Uh, if they converge, leave. Just take your gains. And it really doesn't matter what GE has delivered over the long term. If you take the periods of time when it offers you returns and avoid the times when it doesn't. Uh, and I think that the same is true in the market. Do I like that? No, I don't. I mean, I, th I think it would be much better for all of us if the market were a good barometer of economic conditions, but it's not. You cannot look at the market and draw a big conclusion about what the economy is going to do, and here's why. It's because much of the money in the market needs equities as an asset allocation plan. So all the people in their 30s and 40s who have target date funds and 65% of their assets have to go to equities, that money has to get deployed. And mm -hmm. the, the managers doing that aren't sitting around going, well, I wonder if earnings are going to decline. That's not what they think about. A small part of the market comprising about 9% of trading volume is doing that. And you can hear Jim Cramer on CNBC, no offense to Jim. You know, like, well, we just focus on companies with great fundamentals, we'll be fine. It's not true. Yeah. It's not true unless those companies offer enough product to absorb the part of the money that is allocated to equities. It's the reason why Microsoft and Apple are 13% of the S&P 500. It's because they're very large. So here's why stocks have been rising. Just take communication services. So this is where Meta is. Um, <clears throat> Pinterest, stocks like that. Demand rose and supply fell. It is that simple. So as we came through options expirations, these things had been devalued. And so the people allocating assets looked at them and said, well, there's some pretty good supply of the product there. And they consumed the product. Well, with the good news is we can see that. And I'll tell you, it's a lot less work than wading through fundamentals and hoping that earnings or margins or top line growth are going to correlate with how stocks perform. Good luck with that. That's gambling to me. <laughs> to me, what is not gambling is following supply and demand. And if money goes into equities, then you can. If money leaves equities, you should. <laughs> and you can see that stuff. And it's that simple. Yeah, and we're also getting really close to quarter end here, right? Yes. How will that be affecting some of this data and where we could see some trades going? Well, it's very important, traders, to understand that if you're managing index funds and realize that the largest single asset class in the world in equities is what's called passive large cap blend. It's neither growth nor value, but both. Microsoft and Apple are both value and growth, believe it or not. This in the past roughly two weeks, Microsoft has been the growth choice. Apple has been the value choice. And you can see it in the data, by the way. <clears throat> but uh, that is where the money's going to go. And at the end of the quarter, all that money has to be squared with the index. 
So if you have to be a certain part value, a certain part growth, it's got to get there by March 31st, roughly. Because if you don't, you could get in trouble with regulators. So as we come to the end of the quarter, you want to know, does that mean people are buying equities or selling them? Well, if we look at this is Benzinga March 27th today, and it's got five components and their value and growth. So if I blend these things and look at the stuff that is telling us where money is going, interestingly, it's go, the, lead, the lead category, lead sector is consumer staples. I'll zoom that in so you can see it. Now, I've only got five stocks in here, so it's not a great representation. But look at this, rising demand, falling supply, and it's a blend. Passive money is the lead behavior, just exactly what I'm talking about. All these asset allocators, where are they putting their money? Well, that's what we want to know so that we can take advantage of where that money goes. It's the best way to produce returns short-term when you're trading uh, because it is the most reliable, the best central tendency, the highest probability, whatever your aphorism is that you prefer, that's how to look at this. So if I looked at these things right now, I mean, it's kind of telling. I think drinking Dr. Pepper is a pretty good idea because KDP is, is a great value play, as is Monster Beverage. Uh, I've, I, I don't even know how you pronounce this, Aglion, Aglion. It's a healthcare play, but it's a great supply-demand divergence. Gold, which is Barrick, uh, that's it. that shows how money is hedged. NVIDIA, there's your little mm. growth piece of the puzzle. It's taken the place of a lot of other things, but stuff like that. These are all playing defense. They are and, all playing defense. I agree with you. And, and in video, you'll, they'll argue with me. It's 40 times earnings. This is not defense. But again, they, we know yeah. we can see the correlations. It's not a bank stock. And they have flocked to NVIDIA during this time saying, hey, we've still got chips and everything. NVIDIA is still the leader here. Very little debt, if any. I'm not sure the last time I looked. I yep. mean, they just think that NVIDIA is fine, even if we lose the banks. So it is playing defense against the banks. But gold, obviously, defense. Monster Beverage is defensive. Yep. Drinking Dr. Pepper is defensive. People drink more Dr. Pepper when they're not feeling good about their portfolios. It's all defense, Tim. It, I agree with you. And I, I remember, Dennis, that you said, I think it was Monday, <clears throat> that if you're going to be someplace, be in large cap tech. That's where the money's going to be. And you were right about that. And in some ways, NVIDIA has become a touchstone for that. And we can look yeah. at, at big tech. But here, look at the, here's why money's going to NVIDIA. And it's right in front of our eyes on the screen. And it's got nothing to do with its fundamentals. It has to do with its liquidity. So if you look at the dollars per trade, which is a great measure of liquidity, for algorithms, an algorithm that is programmed to move a lot of money in many different things at once, what I want to do is how much of that can I move? And exactly. if you look at all of these, $23,000 a trade in NVIDIA versus $5,000. In, and these are all liquid stocks, by the way. All of these are in the top 500, close to it. Yeah, AGL is about the top 850 in the market for liquidity. They're all very liquid stocks. So big money can get into and out of them. Very difficult to get in and out of the, the Russell 2000. By the way, here's something to know, traders. There are roughly, if you look at the Wilshire 5000, one of the largest total market indices, there are roughly... 1,700 micro caps and 1,300 small caps, and they're 5% of market cap combined. 3,000 stocks are 5% of market cap, which is why they may get arbitraged back to an index level at some point, but they're not good places to be. There are only 500 large cap stocks and 300 mid caps. That stuff comprises almost 90% of all market cap. Maybe it's even more than that, 95%. So realize that's where the Black Rocks, Vanguards, and State Streets of the world are going to go and fidelity. So that's how that's really how to think about the market today. Not about, well, what kind of cash flows is somebody producing? It's what kind of size does this block represent and how does money go into and out of them? And that, the good news is, is very measurable, traders. And All right, I'm on mute there. Oh, yeah, sorry about so that. Joel's on mute. Go. And the, no, I'm not on mute. <laughs> and the quarter, Tim. Yep. So, it, you know, money's been going to big tech. By the way, you can look at that very easily. So, I, you know, we at Edge, we put this portfolio called Big Tech on your 
on your desktop and you, their passive money has been a key driver, I would look at that and say, well, it's about done. It's about to hit 10 and supply is starting to rise. So the movement into whatever's going to get allocated to big tech, except NVIDIA, NVIDIA is still the best of that lot, is about done. I think, you know, do, would you look at it and say, where is money going to go to value or growth? Dennis already summed it up. All the money really is pretty defensive. And that's a pretty good place to be. So if you want to know, you know, like you don't even have to read all the pundits and the commentary. All you have to do is look at the money. You know, is the money biased toward things that are more aggressive or is it biased towards things that are not, that are very liquid and we have our answer. So I would say it will be a value market. Now, if I look at the data, we track momentum and low volatility. I trade those. I'm going to trade stuff in those. And so momentum's got eight components. That's not great. If you're not double digits, it's not great. So it's not a great momentum market, but you can see where the momentum is. Fast traders, which are the momentum force, are mm -hmm. in communication services. That's where it is. And where's low volatility? Passive money, asset allocators are in consumer staples. So if you want to be low volatility, this is interesting, by the way. All of these, all four of these stocks have exactly the same volatility. That's telling. It's all 1.7, 1.7, 1.7, 1.7. That's all they move intraday. So if you, you know, if one of these stocks like Dr. Pepper is down 2%, I'm mm -hmm. buying it because of a very good chance of making 1.7%. But that's where the money is. So if you want to be safe, be there. And if you want to take chances, and I always say take gains, not chances, trade communication services. That's where the momentum will be for a little bit longer into quarter end. All right. Like always, you guys can check out Market Structure Edge, throwing up the link here so you guys can check out this platform yourself. You want to get access to the data? Check it out, team. There's the link. And like always, you guys can reach out to Tim to get a little bit more. We'll have you back on, Tim. Appreciate you coming you on. Thank and enjoy you. the weather out there. I see a lovely, it, lovely white snow it, all over the mountains. So we've had two feet of snow in the last oh, roughly man. three days. We're it's we're tears, well over tears, Tim. I'm I'm missing Colorado. That's for sure. You have a good one, my friend. Take care. You too. Thank you. See you guys. All right. Let's take a look into the market as we wrap Quiet. up and then get to our trade zero segment today. Yeah. What you got, Joel? We're just we're just quiet here. We have we I mean the big boom was overnight. Uh 3375 is your pre-market high. I mean, I'm looking yeah. at uh I'm looking at this 15 minute chart here and uh nothing five six point range since we started. What I think happens is I think all the traders listen to pre-market prep and they set their strict yeah, where they do their strategies and everything, and then they see what <laughs> we have to say, and then yeah. they, they pick it up. And I, I did think CCL ever decide to pull out earnings? No, they still haven't decided. To they pull always out come earnings. after the show. <laughs> it's always like we wait. I do this. We do this every quarter. Every like, every CCL, time. Yeah, the CCL. Yeah, and then the nine hundred one. I'm out. trying to keep an eye on it, team, for us. But it yeah. seems like uh, they, they love to wait for that nine o'clock time. So we got um, we got a few others. Uh, we're, like we said, we never seem to be fully out of earnings season here because that's just as it stops and it starts again. But we got Lululemon on Tuesday. We got Micron on Tuesday. Mm. We have Walgreens on Tuesday. We're oh. Restoration Hardware on Wednesday. Um, PVH tonight, so um, nothing crazy, but Lulu's probably the highlight here, I would think. Maybe, Joel, I can just do a technical on Lulu yeah. going into Tuesday's earnings. Ah. Mm. We actually just talked about Lululemon on our book club, and we talked about that specific daily candle that you see there on the top right. What? Let, let's test Joel today. What is that daily candle? Hmm, I'm testing Joel. Right here? On the right hand, yeah, right there. What, what does that show up there? Shoot, I I Let's I did, the chat. What do you guys I, think? Is hmm. that like a a um something bullish? Is that like yeah? A, that's a bullish engulfing candle. Oh, baby. the old bullish, bullish engulfing candle, candle trick. You know what? You guys I, I, can learn Japanese candlestick charting techniques, baby. Come to the book club. The We're running tongue. through this right now. You know what? It's funny because I put the candlesticks on here because they're pretty. <laughs> But and they look better, but like I'm really a bar chart guy. I like bar chart type of guy. You're, yeah. on the, you're on those Western technicals, not on the Eastern. Joel's technicals. a creature of habit. He's <laughs> yeah. gonna do what worked for him for the last forty years. So he's a creature. Of habit. You know what? I, um, I you know what you know what though you gotta look out for is it um, Ichu Mickey Cloud. Oh, yeah. I see you. I see you. Is that a baseball yeah. player? 
<laughs> Dennis, Dennis. All right. Dennis cracked a joke. Dennis oh, cracked a joke. Joke, not funny. Don't start rumors, Dennis. I know. <laughs> All right, let's bring well, us back on, here. What do you see on Lulu, Joel? And then we'll go. Uh, to our I mean, it's second. it's hard because you're doing the pre-earnings run, so I wouldn't. You know, I'd, I'd let it, I'd let it go on the upside. I would say, uh, I would keep a level out at uh, the double top here. This called three seventeen. If you're looking for, wow, it's right there right now. So mm-hmm. three seventeen. See how it reacts there. Kind of thin on the upside. Um, obviously, if if they whoop it, you know, if it has bad earnings or whatever, mm-hmm. I don't think you're going to get to two ninety. But what I would look for, let's say you make a higher high today. Let's say you go to 320 today, just for an example. Then you get the old 30-point move. If it came back, you know, if they hit it on this, I would look at like 300, 305. Because there's a lot of people like, um, are we not going into a major recession? Do I want to own Lululemon? So I think they'd, you know, I think they would buy it on the dip. But those are, you know, once the, you know, <laughs> once the numbers are out. Um, you know, everything changes. S&P's just when I said they weren't moving a little bit, they got a tag. Starting to leak a bit. Yeah, nothing, nothing, nothing. We've been wild overnight, though. Let's go to the Trade Zero segment. Let's see what's up. Let's see what's down. Let's look under the hood. All right, let's get to it, team. Smash the like. Let's go. Oh, wait. All right. Any last comments, Joe, before we get you? Yeah, just before I go, uh, did you see uh, Elon Musk's uh, tweet that uh, Twitter is worth half of what he paid for it, Dennis? <laughs> well, he knew that going into it. That's why oh, he's yeah, trying he to knew. get out of it. He's like, okay. I'm paying too much for this. So it, okay. he knew that. Yeah, unfortunately, we, we there's that. no takebacks. He, he was trying to get out of the deal for that reason. <laughs> he, he said, can I, can I just take back? You know, just I, I, I just want to give it back to you guys. You guys can handle it. Well... Go, go, go. Honestly, Twitter go. is going to disappear, maybe. We, we won't know. But let's get to the net change Letter up, of regional course. banks. What do you see? The regional banks, of course. That's what we're seeing out there. FRC now up there in the pre-market, the 1680s. Can yeah. we take that out here towards the open? We're pretty close towards it. Um, I think this is going to be all kind of determining more liquidity, right? Will these banks be able to make it through? I still think it's too high of a risk to go after it. But, hey, to each his own, if you guys like these. Any comments on FRC, Dennis? Well, Joel, Joel sold it, took a loss. I sold my pack W. Um, I mean, it's just the risk reward here is just unknown. Like I've said, I think there this might eventually um, get taken over by FDIC or worse. So that's why it's just too much risk here. I hope it's- they survive. I think it's an excellent bank. I think if it does survive, it's a great deal at sixteen dollars, but it's a big F right now. Uh, trading up near the highs of the pre-market session at 1680s, the pre-market high. Obviously, a positive catalyst today uh, with the assets being sure. bought of uh, of that other company. So you got a positive catalyst instead of a negative catalyst. All right. And, of course, there's some other banks showing up here. Wall, you see that high there, 3556. Will it get through that level and continue pushing? All I think regionals. Just going to be all about regional banks here. You can see a bunch of them, right? And then you also see here FAS, which is kind of the bull three times leverage uh, for you day traders out there. Be careful with this one, of course. But this one definitely moving in the pre-market here. We'll look to see if it gets through 54.49 pre-market high. Um, Let's go to Tesla here showing up now, getting a nice little push here. Don't know if this is news related. I'll take a look there. Um, I think it's just and Tesla's beta is higher and Tesla has not gotten that same defensive trade. It's kind of still been moving with the overall market. So moving with the SP, we know like a Microsoft and Apple have been like flight to quality and them kind of moving opposite to the market, like not the S&Ps, but opposite the IWM. Tesla has not done that. So I think maybe, you know, just because it's, you know, a higher beta, you know, obviously higher, higher valuation company here. It has not been classified as that safety trade that Microsoft and Apple were. So it kind of is moving with the overall market. So just keep that in mind. If you're trading Tesla, it's not moving with the Microsoft and Apple's right now. You got to establish, uh, I'm just going to go like broad here. And, you know, you've had the nice run. It had the pullback. It's trying. Uh, but until I would not look for another major leg higher here until you like cross 200, get above that psychological 200, establish a bid at 200, sure. not just like poking your head. So going a little bit longer term on that one. But uh, guys, I'm going to let you finish up today. Another fun show and uh, back with you later on. 
Thanks, Joel. Let's see what's down here, Mitch. Let's see it. Let's go to it now. We're going on what's down here. We talked and, um, NTX already. Yeah, this, there's this UBX, I but I have company. no idea. Put it that way. Big Unity nice biotechnology, <laughs> probably some bad trial or something. Bad here. trials, sure. right? Yeah, we'll no be idea. careful with that. Story here, so I just made that. Uh, up. This is GDXU. I don't it's, know. I haven't traded this I one. Trade this is GDXU. Three time leverage. It's, it's triple the gold miners, so it's mm. triple the GDX. So, so gold, big pullback there. You can also yeah. see it with JNUG showing up here. So gold on the pullback. And, and we know gold is moving opposite to the regionals. I actually, if you think we're going to have more bank failures, gold's probably a buy on this pullback if you think we're having more bank failures. Yeah, we'll see if it's an opportunity today. I do see Ollie showing up here. And uh, I think this one just recently had earnings. It's it was an earnings pop, now. right? And so sure. I do see that pulling back here. Let me just take a quick little peek. Betty Group downgrading it to sell lower than ah. price 49. So again, yeah. analyst ratings have not had as much influence as they have, but when they put a sell on something, the market takes note. They don't yeah. like seeing that sell because it's it's more rare for analysts to put sells on stuff. So when the analyst says sell, the market really pays attention to it. This is that hourly. We'll look to see if it closes kind of the daily gap, right? Daily gap between kind of this uh, 54, let me see, 54.16. I'll look to see if we close that gap on Ollie's bargain outlet. Um, let me see if there's anything else we can talk about here. Moderna showing up there on the pullback. Um, that's definitely one that will be a little bit on watch. We talked about how some of these biotechs were getting a little bit of a lift. And we'll see. Can it kind of push higher? What do you think about Moderna's chart? Um, Again, I like Moderna relative to BNTX. So I'm scared of all the vaccine makers because those earnings are coming down. People are going to get less COVID vaccines in the future. But I think Moderna is has more. They have more. Uh, obviously, they're working on other products here. They're working on other drugs. They're just doing more here. So I like the relative trade of short BNTX, long Moderna. Um, but again, I don't have it on. I don't have. But I still like that. So if I was trading Moderna. From the long side, I think I would short BNTX against it. All right. Like always, you guys can check out some extensive inventory of short locates. Choose trade zero for that and check them out, team. I'll go ahead and I'll throw it up here so that you guys can also get access to this uh, trade zero flagship software. We're going to start wrapping up here. Like always, you guys smash the like if you guys enjoy all the action we do here. Trade zero is a partnership of Benzinga. Let's get back to the action. Last comments for the day. Dennis, what do you guys, what do you think? Chop. I'm not chop, chasing chop. anything. Yeah. And you're going to have people come in. Okay. Yeah. First citizens going to buy some of Silicon Valley Bank. Here's what we needed. This is the green light to go bullish. I think you're going to see it not that easy. I don't think we're going straight up. I don't think we're going straight down. I still think we're going to equal a lot of chop. I was tweeting on the weekend. I think we're going to see a lot of chop mm -hmm. until the next bank failure. If we don't have another bank failure, then we could like continue to chop our way higher. If we have another bank failure, we're going to chop, 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 and then tank. Yeah. So I think we continue to chop. How I trade chop is fading moves, selling rips, buying dips. It's worked for the last year. Why does it stop working today? I, I agree with you, Dennis. And, and if anything, I've also been looking at the same kind of trade, but different, right? The downside action on that, like maybe shorting something, getting a swing low, but then selling it into that and almost expecting that bounce because that's how it's been also on the downside and the upside, right? Sell the rips, buy the dips has been working. We'll see if it continues to work here. Have a good one. Like always, you guys keep up with everything Dennis Dick does. Triple D Trader. We'll have you back on tomorrow, Dennis. Have a great one. All right, team. We're going to start wrapping up. Bring you guys over to live trading. That's coming up next. You don't got to go anywhere. If you guys want to keep up with some trading action, Zunaid, Lord Ryan, and I will be getting into the trading action. I do have some swing trades on. So if you want to come and find out a little bit more also about swing trading and later today, 3 p.m. to 4 p.m. Start swing trading, right? Our, our latest show, it keeps growing. We do have a lot of people tuning in now for Start Swing Trading. If you guys want to talk about some swing trading ideas, we'll have Option Mike today. And he actually swing trades even options. So if you guys want to check that out, that's going to be later today, 3 p.m. Eastern. The show starts Option Mike joining us at 3 p.m., uh, 3.30 p.m. Eastern. So don't miss that. And you guys heard me yesterday or this earlier today. Mention about Japanese candlestick charting techniques. We had a really fun game on, of course, Sunday. We were playing, of course, name that pattern as we were looking at real-life examples. 
patterns right now. That's why I knew the Lululemon pattern. We were taking a look at daily charts and showing what type of patterns were out there. Reversal patterns are what we just got in. You guys don't miss it. Join the book club if you guys want to extend your learning. And especially if you're a newer trader, I would definitely check out the book club. It's all about continuing to grow your financial journey and truly give you guys value back. That's why I created the book club. I do this on Sundays. I can very simply just relax and watch TV, but I want to build and I want to build with you guys out there. So join the book club, throw it up in the chat right now. You have to hit that form to join the book club. It's an exclusive membership club. So if you don't hit the form, you can't get in. So if you want to get in, hit that link and I'll see you guys on live trading. That's starting up now. Let's get to the action. Time to roll up the sleeves and get to this market. It's going to be a tough one. It's not simple, but that doesn't mean you can't go get after it. I'll see you guys there.